Hello and thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of Huddles and Stout, episode 7, season 2, previewing week 3. And look, it wouldn't be an episode of Huddles and Stout if it wasn't joined by Rocky. How are you, mate? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Uh, pretty good week two. I think the last thing I did NFL-wise was watch rewatch. Um, Browns and Steelers. Takeaways. TJ Watt is still a filthy man. And obviously, poor old Nick Chubb got his knee obliterated. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't, wasn't good viewing. Um, I think in 2015, he did his it, ACL, right. MCL, PCL. He got his whole knee yeah, reconstructed knee. In, in Georgia, I think, yeah. And it was against... Uh, I can't remember where I read it. I think it was against Tennessee. I took that as the Titans. So I don't think he's been in the league that long. It must have been the Volunteers in the college team. Perhaps. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I'd say he's probably my favourite running back. I think I had him on his... Um, about 2017 when he had his first really big year. And he's, he's held a little... Um, Fantasy-wise. And uh, he's held a sentimental place in my heart since. So, awful stuff. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's the key cog in that, in that team Absolutely. as well. Um, probably changes our, our views on the, the Browns. Well, the AFC North contenders. The, we'll probably talk about it at some point, but the old king of the sex elves, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, is not, he's not as advertised. So, absolutely. No. A dynamic. Disappointing yeah. evening for himself, shall we say. But look... We digress. Um, lot to get through this week. Um, I'll kick us off by obviously a little Sasquatch stat, and then we'll do the the recap of the results. Love these stats, man. We'll then get into the main the main segment of the show, the fourth and goal, um, must listen weekly. Um, I think. And then we'll do a little preview of the week three fixtures. But the kick is off. Sasquatch stat. Puka Nuka. Set an NFL record with 15 receptions. In the Rams week two loss. If he's available in your fantasy league. And I would say he's no longer. No. But pick probably a bit him late now. up. Um, and then I suppose in terms of the results. We were joyous Friday morning. Eagles victorious over the Vikings, great. four points to 28. Always great to get that uh, dub going into a Sunday, to have it already in the bank. Let me tell you, red zone at 6pm when you've Ooh. already got a win is, uh, Tasty. is a glorious place to it be. It is. Um, yeah, we're through the 6pm 6, 6, 6 kickoffs, Irish time. Uh, Falcons upset the Packers, 25 points to 24. Uh, Bills put the Raiders to the sword, 38 points to 10. Ravens dispatched the Bengals 27 points to 24. A game that sounds a lot closer than it probably was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, a late surge by the Bengals. But um, a fantastic game. Seahawks overcame the Lions 37-31 in overtime. A walk-off touchdown by uh, Lockett, was it? Um, 
goodness, I can't remember. I think it was, was it not the tight end they had Disney or something? I can't remember. Okay, fair enough. Well, look, it was a walk-off touchdown anyway. Um, it's good enough for me. Colts overcame the Texans 31 points to 20. The Chiefs overcame the Jaguars in what we on paper was said to be a classic game. It was not 17 points to 9. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers overcame the Bears 27 points to 17. Chin up, Keith. Um, Titans overcame the Chargers again. That game went to overtime 27 points to 24. The Giants, after six bad quarters of football, came back to beat the Cardinals 31 points to 28. The Niners overcame the Rams 30 points to 23. The late game on the final game of the late slate no it was not but the Cowboys overcame the Jets 30 points to 10 Commanders victorious over the Broncos again it was the English comeback in that game 35 points to 33 the Dolphins dispatched of their NFC of their AFC East rivals the Patriots 24 points to 17 and a strange uh, situation which I think actually repeats again this weekend two Monday night games the Saints overcame the Panthers 20 points to 17 and the Browns fell victim to the Steelers 26 points to 22. You were right about Tyler Lockett um, as well, so I just want to just make sure that man gets his praise. Give that man his gravy. Um, but look, the main crux of the show, fourth and goal, if I may be so bold, I might ask that you deputise this week. <laughs> well, okay. Um, I think we'll, we'll start out as well with a sort of a nice broad subject who are the currently are the worst looking teams in the league I think if you asked anybody last week you know the Cardinals the Texans are certainly maybe champions of that sort of uh, tier but uh, the Raiders I think had a bad showing a couple of other teams Broncos are looking just a bit anemic CJ Stroud and the Texans I know I already mentioned them, but he's he's struggling to probably performing the least well of all of the rookie quarterbacks. Um, do you have any more names to go in there? Um, I mean, you could probably throw the uh, Keith's knock on like this, and and look just for fans of the network, the ball bags returns on Thursday. We may get our comeuppance for all the Keith based abuse, but I do feel. The Bears may be in here. I think, I fear you may be correct. I think we both remarked mm. to each other at one point on the Sunday that he did put together a nice 92-yard drive. But very little else happening. is is We're not seeing any sort of um, progression in his passing game. Or at least nothing consistent. We're seeing, yeah, we're seeing glimpses. We're just not seeing... Like, the, the touchdown pass to Claypool is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it um, was. But if you look at Justin I Fields and how he's performed even the last two weeks, and you compare that to Anthony Richardson, who's in his first year, and you know nobody has high, high aspirations for the Colts coming into the year. This was going to be. It's going to. You know, Anthony Richardson was a couple of years project to round out those raw traits and ragged edges. But I th- I would take Anthony Richardson today over Justin Fields today. Situational, I suppose. Situational. Um, 
I suppose to answer your question, the only other team I can think of off the top of my head is, and it's low-hanging fruit because they've started 0-2, but it is probably the Panthers. Yep, I have them um, down here as well. I see the Texans, though. I know, obviously, they've they've gone 0-2, but I see improvements in last year, and I think DeMarco Ryan is... He, he started with the tough bit, which is he's building the culture, and he's kind of building them from the ground up. Um, so like I think they played teams well. I know they got they got blown out the gate by the Colts, and then obviously Richardson went off with it concussion, a bad one at that too. But they played their way back into the game, and they definitely don't roll over. Whereas there's sides in this competition that will roll over. Yeah, look, they certainly have something defensively. I think they have a, a few nice pieces there. Um, a team I have down here, and this is, I don't know how many more weeks this will last, but I don't think you can argue much against it, is the Bengals. Obviously, a no-show versus the uh, Browns in week one. They nearly came back to take it from the Ravens, but now they're 0-2. You know, they're not where they were last year, and Joe Burrow might miss the next game. He re-injured that hamstring, uh, that you know, yeah, that preseason scare. Um, it's basically a nightmare start for the Bengals. So we'll see how soon yeah. he comes back and how soon that ship gets righted. Um, I think one thing, another team, again, it's it is low hanging fruit is the Jets and. Poor Zach Wilson is going to have to go from Squirtle to Blastoise if if the Jets are going to you know stand a chance this year. The defense might keep them competitive in some games, but he's like a low end game manager. You know, there's not much flash there. Yeah. There are there are flashes, but it, there's no consistency at all. He is a a league average backup. Is how I would categorize Zach Wilson, um, and I don't see that changing. No, I think we touched upon some of the more uh, awful-looking teams, the the pure uglies of the league. I don't think we, we don't yeah. need to rank these. I think we're just discussing them. You know, they're just in their own little pot, their little pile, the, the untouchables. They are the. Uh, they are the she's bubbly um, of teams. But look, the timer has gone. I'll park my sexism for another week. Um, this one might be a little bit quicker. Um, I think probably both be on the same page. But uh, hot topic. 2-0, uh, albeit against two maybe two sides in kind of slight disarray. But... Is Baker Mayfield cooking, or have we seen this plot before? Um, I think part of it is probably due to the the competition he's played. Um, you know he's the minute the Vikings, you know, gave the Eagles, you know, a sort of fits at times. Um, but whatever I can give Baker Mayfield the benefit of the doubt there. Um. But the Bears' defense, you know, possibly one of the 
more anemic defenses in the league. Um, I'm I'm not going to slate the Bucks too much because they've beaten the two teams that they've played. You know, this, you can't do much more. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. Uh, they're playing the Eagles this week, and that's it. Is a different kettle of fish, and um, particularly as the Eagles look to be trending towards getting it back together. Um, so we'll see. I think. I think. It's a bit of a mirage. If you ask me. I have a Baker in a vacuum. Like, I mean, look at those gaudy numbers Mike Evans put up. Baker in a vacuum is is a lot better than what I thought he would be. And Mike Evans is... Like, he's an older receiver. It's going to be his last year in Tampa. And he is doing everything right to get another big payday. Um, yep, I think there's a chance that if they do lose the game, it mightn't be Baker's fault because he has been playing well so far. It might come down to their That's run game. Their run game is still pretty non-existent. It's limited. You know, even if they get a lead, limited. there's no. It's not a a cert, certain thing that they can, you know, whittle away the time, secure that lead, and. And walk away any week with a with the win. Um, if they have to rely on the passing, well, there's a bit of volatility volatility there. Fair. Um, there's probably a bit of time left on the clock, but I think we're both kind of in agreement yeah. there. I think you've you've surmised what I had, but I suppose it, it's something we can't ignore. Um, yeah, it's still week two. So- a lot of these takes will still have a bit of overreaction baked into them, but we don't care. Because we're good. We just don't care. We're good, irrational, God-fearing people. Fair. Um, gonna, Fans first. Going to take a look now at the opposite side of the spectrum that I was talking about previously, and instead we're going to power rank the remaining undefeated 2-0 teams. So... I was trying to do this earlier on. What I'll do is there are nine undefeated teams. And I think what we'll do is we'll separate them into three groups of three and we'll rank within those groups of three. I think it it makes it easiest. So I'll quickly uh, run through them. Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, 49ers, Falcons, Saints, Bucks, Dolphins and Ravens. So I think the easiest thing for me was to rank that top tier. The first three teams... And I'll say what I had, and you can tell me if you want to rearrange them or, you know, take somebody out of that tier, drop somebody else in. So I have 49ers, number one. The defense is looking unbelievable. You know, Brock Purdy is answering any questions that were being asked. Christian McCaffrey looks surreal. Uh, Debo and Ayuk looking like men possessed. 49ers, number one. I have the Dolphins, number two. I think Tua is playing... I think he is the shortest odds for MVP. Uh, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, at any point, look like ballistic missiles. He's going to interject, ladies and gentlemen. I think Sunday's victory was more important than the straight shootout against the Chargers. It kind of showed that they could win tough. I think so, too. It's not the toughest win. But yes, it wasn't the most high-powered offense from the Pats, 
but the defense could and they're going to get reinforcements as the years goes on in the likes of Jalen Ramsey Ramsey so I think it's um it was a good showing uh number three I had the Cowboys they've not had to do a huge amount offensively but the defense looks like I'm <laughs> like cursing like on every I thought the the Jets might stand a chance but Micah Parsons is playing like defensive player of the year lock status um yeah look they they played the jets and the giants i wouldn't no i think that does factor into it like we like the jets in particular there was considerable fears around their offensive line and aaron Rodgers' age heading into the season so i'm i'm not hyping that victor look it was a fairly dominant performance look michael parsons don't get me wrong was phenomenal i think this can change, but yeah, look, fair enough. Would you, okay, on on current, would you uh, would you change current show? Um, either one, two, or three. Nah, I leave them as is. Uh, I depends on who your four is. Okay, because there we might have might get a little bit. Heat. Uh, four, five, and six. I have the Eagles. Incorrect. Then I have the Incorrect. Falcons, and then I have the Ravens. Very incorrect. Um, I would say four Ravens. I'm not convinced by five. That, I am. Uh, quality opposition. The Texans weren't exactly quality opposition, and the Bengals no, were not the quality. Bengals opposition. very nearly came back. I for the first half of that game, I don't think they were quality opposition. And Joe Burrow, when he was in the sort of the hurry up offense, I think he came alive because that's what he does best. Um, certainly impressive to hang on at the end. I'm not, They're also I'm not having. I'm not having the Falcons. Where where'd you put the Falcons? I had the Falcons six. I think Eagles six. Ravens. Yeah, we can Falcons. Agree there. Yeah, sorry if if I said Falcons five, I I mean six. Eagles Ravens Falcons. Okay, I'll 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 concede, but it's not a happy concession. Um, I'd also actually be tempted to to go Ravens, Eagles, Falcons, or Ravens, Falcons, Falcons, Eagles. I think this tier in particular is quite interchangeable. Um, yeah. Like Ravens and Eagles are both dealing with injuries at the moment. Um, in particular, the Eagles. I think they they went into Week Two without four defensive starters, and now they've lost or uh, three defensive starters and Kenny Gainwell, and now they've also lost Avante Maddox for probably the season torn pick um obviously the ravens have lost um you know cornerbacks JK yeah jk dobbins out for the rest of the season i think the falcons have been solid either side of the ball the defense has been solid ritter was thrown in the second half of the week um of of week two and didn't look as awful as he did last year so i thought that was a good vote of confidence for the falcons i thought anyways um so a bit of bit of disagreement we have in that tier um the the last tier then i have the commanders saints and bucks as uh seven eight and nine i think uh, sam howell's been a bit of a surprise the defense still looks good again the the competition isn't great so the reason i put them ahead of the saints is because the saints while their defense does look very good very inconsistent on the offense um 
I think they could shoot up these rankings, but we're just seeing a bit of mistiming between Derek Carr and, you know, pressure getting to him and the O-line sort of giving up a, a bit of pressure. Yeah. And the Bucks. There's obviously a, sorry. There's a bad man due to come back in a few weeks as well. It's That's like, right, yeah. We are um, one week away Clarence. from a serial batterer. Um, the scourge of Las Vegas um, rejoining Alvin Kamara. Um, and then I have the Bucks at nine. Again, I think it's that what we talked about before sort of baked into that maybe just a look i said the books are nine they're the the lowest rated undefeated team i actually i'm surprised by the books and i think they are they've certainly um outperformed my expectations but that's just the way i have Mm -hmm. them again i think there's there's a lot of arguments to be had from four to nine but i think that just the top three are in their own class yeah, uh, like as as a pure power rankings based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, comfortable with that. Uh, I don't think that's where teams are ultimately going to lie. But yeah, okay, I'll let you with that one. Um, the timer did go about four years ago, on that one. So we. It was were, an ambitious we, uh, we point. Jaunt on. Yeah, it was an ambitious point. Um, look, similar vein. I think it, we're all about records today. But uh, with three teams sitting at 2-0, has the NFC East become the best division in football? And if it's not, what's comparable? Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I mean, if you look at the, the quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, pretty good. Although, obviously, we're going, you know, from this year onwards, Jalen Hurts hasn't been 2022, Jalen Hurts. Um, based on record, yeah, it's it's the best division. Um, I don't know. I'm a bit fearful as an Eagles fan. Just injuries sort of starting to pile up. Um, I think. I think the the NFC East has not a too bad schedule. Even though you saw the preseason saying, "Oh yeah, the Eagles or the NFC East play the AFC East." And the NFC West, I, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so there were a couple of really tough matchups in those divisions. But I think um, we'll have to see going forward. The Giants' schedule gets tough. The Eagles and Cowboys have an easy couple of games coming up. But looking at the, the rosters across the board there, they're also pretty strong. Like if yeah, I think the the probably only the the only division like just talent and kind of how teams have performed to start the the year. The only division I think that probably actually comes close. You would have thought the NFC North or the AFC North, but I think it's the NFC West. Like the Rams have shocked me at how competent they're yeah, looking. Absolutely, the Seahawks are rolling on from last year. They'll be that plucky side. Um, great win for them against Detroit, and the the Forty Niners are yeah they're 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 very good. The Cardinals, I don't I don't think are actually they are one of the worst teams in the, in the competition, but they're not no as bad they're as I they were going to be keeping things close. And look, obviously they got up twenty seven yeah. uh, or twenty eight seven. 28. 
at one point. Like, mm. even if you're the worst team in football, that's that's pretty good going. Um, you know, finishing a game is like another thing entirely. AFC East, I think, is also you know probably in the running, top three. Um, Jets obviously have fallen off with their their major injury, mm. but yeah, Jets Giants equivalent. And then I think the other three yeah. teams are pretty good. You know, Pat's similar enough to the Commanders, probably a bit better. And then you've got the the high flying Dolphins, like the Cowboys, and then the Buffalo Bills, which are you know kind of finding themselves now. Like the Eagles, mm. the big win on the weekend. They they kind of needed that, I think, to be fair. Um, yeah, I mean, you look around the divisions. The NFC North is kind of what we thought it would be. Um, Packers kind of impressed in Week One, but maybe it was a reflection of the opposition they played. The Bears look at sixes and sevens. The Detroit Lions. Pfft, Look, we'll, we'll see how they bounce back from defeat. Uh, they look good, obviously, in open night. Um, and then the Vikings, look, they're all in two. They're not as bad as the record suggests, but I don't see them being the kind of force they were last year. I can't really see any other divisions that that match up. No. Um, look, it'd, it'd be a whole episode if we were to, you know, create four all division or eight all division teams and compare them um mm. but certainly the nfc east has has really re-imagined itself from two or three years ago when it was the nfc least mm. but look the buzzer went so so we'll move on we'll move on to a team a couple of teams the titans everybody were probably down on going into the season and the Chargers everybody up on but the Chargers are rowing two now and the Titans held on to uh, to close them out so what's going wrong and what's going right for those two teams I made a couple of notes here for each team as the game progressed okay. and um, very 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 uh, brief notes but you can add on as, as I go through them the Titans, first point is just Vrabel. Vrabel's such... I think he's a great coach. Um, and I think yes. one of the decisions he made was he pulled his start and left guard. After seeing him performing very poorly, he, there was no pussy footing around, leaving him in, letting him develop. He subbed him out and got um, Dylan Radens in and that, that solved some of the pressure on the interior. So I think that immediately was just a good decision. Where I think a lot of a lot of coaches tend to hang on to their guys. He's ballsy, very, but like there was that kind of tete tete uh, when the charge were driving at the end of regular season, regular time, sorry, where the Titans probably by right should have taken a timeout to give themselves an opportunity to win in regulation. He didn't. He played chicken with them. We prepared to stand in the fire, um, and look, the Jars ultimately kicked the field goal, but and he didn't leave himself at any time. But he he was prepared to play chicken and and back himself. Um, in terms of what's going right, obviously it, it, they're still strong in the run game. Uh, Derek Henry probably 
not as likely to get those big chunk plays, but he's consistent. He's uh, also there's probably more. He's being complimented by Ty J Spears and and Tim Kelly, like mm. two two young backs that are really yeah. sort of um, being the the yings to his yang. And Hopkins looked good, and Traylon Burks looked good. That's a, that was my next point. Uh, someone who looked quiet in week one, but Hopkins looked like the Hopkins of old. Um, it's hard to say there's a whole heap going right for the Titans, though. I mean, they they were brutal in week one. Um, they were, yeah. Their so their defense is we'll have to is back to being really quite strong, though, as well. Yeah. Um, obviously Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, and. Roger McCreary, who was invisible last year as a rookie, is you know he's a really nice slot corner. Their third down defense, uh, you know, held the Chargers to two conversions out of thirteen attempts, um, one of those in overtime. So, like that's I think that's the the variable effect. I think he's he puts together just mm. really solid defenses. I think in terms of what's going wrong with the Chargers, I have a very Brutal one word answer. Go. Coaching. Coaching, yeah. Coaching. It's hard to disagree with you. Um, um, I think we said Brandon Staley would be on the hot seat during the year. And mm. he's he has fanned those flames. He's there already. Like you, you could have concerns around Herbert. Um obviously unlucky with Austin Eckler that he wasn't fit and healthy. Mike Williams there as well, I think. Uh, if memory serves, and that's probably why Keenan Allen had such a good game, um, statistically and and kind of production wise. But yeah, for me, it's it's all coaching. Uh, I'm not quite sure what happened between year one and then what's happened since. But he just kind of kind of seems to have, to borrow from association football, he seems to have lost the change room or lost the locker room. I guess it just. It's a strange one because he, w- I thought he was fantastic in in year one, Brandon Staley, um, and I, I'm not sure how they fix it without a head rolling. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, they're had you anything else quickly? Very quickly, if you on. if you put stock into PFF PFF stats, their interior D line, their their D tackles were atrocious. Their interior O line was very poor, so their trenches are, are are weak, and you know we see some of the best teams are the teams that event invest in those areas. So they might we might see a change of philosophy, though I doubt it. Valid, very valid. Okay, um, moving on to some more concerns. Um, I suppose, look, obviously, key game um, for many in the early slate, the only early slate game the Chiefs have played this year. Should we be concerned about the inability of Trevor Lawrence to get the job done on Sunday? Albeit improved, the Chiefs still don't look quite like the Chiefs. And the reason I'm bringing it up is, I think there was about four attempts where yeah, driving into the end zone... Trevor Lawrence hit a receiver who was under pressure and, and didn't manage to get feet in. I think it was before occasions. I could, I'm willing to be correct on that, but it, it definitely felt like four. There was certainly Zay um, Jones early in the game, and you saw that shot where he got his the tip of his toes down, but 
not the heels. Mm. And he was facing the wrong way, so the heels had to be in bounds. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're uh, Calvin Ridley Calvin definitely Ridley had, had one. I think Zay Jones definitely had two. And maybe there's a fourth. I can't just recall, but it was a lot. Yeah. Um, that game was in Jacksonville. So it was at home. It's not a primetime game, so you can't start whispering any Kirk Cousins stuff, but you would just be concerned that... And look, maybe Trevor is just always going to be this guy where he kind of goes in, in, in bursts and maybe flattered to deceive maybe last year down the, down the kind of stretch because we were... We concerns about him in the early portion of last year and then he definitely kind of came right as the year ended. Phenomenal playoff victory. Um, but... That's a kind of a key battle that's he's always going to be. If he is this prince that was promised as such, he's going to need to start scalping Mahomes. Um, especially when he looks weak. And I know he, he Travis Kelsey back. Travis didn't look fully like himself, um, which is more than understandable. The Chiefs didn't quite look like themselves either. And I think they only had one touchdown. Um. I can't recall it, but it was Travis Kelsey. I can't remember. It w- there was one to Travis Kelsey, but um, I think in this game, um, you see it every now and again, you have two great quarterbacks, and for some reason, it devolves into a, a defensive game. And we saw Chris Jones come back, and he had a massive impact. Um, I'm, I'm not mm. too concerned about Trevor Lawrence here. And the point I'm going to proffer to you is the comeback against the Chargers in the playoffs last year. Um, that that 27-point comeback. I think this week, certainly you would have liked to have seen him secure the win. Um, you know, especially because he was heralded as this generational quarterback. And we've seen really good play from him in spurts, you know, several games at a time. You know, not rather than just a play here and there in a game. You know, he's the consistency. I think is improving. Um, it would have been nice for him to walk away with a win against Patrick Mahomes and and a Chiefs team, particularly as as you say they're not. You know, operating on all cylinders, but I I wouldn't be worried about Trevor Lawrence, um, particularly because I think we both said his his first year with Urban Meyer was almost discounted last year was almost his rookie year um so i'm still willing to give him this year anyway before i say i I, i'm concerned about this trend i think he's gonna be okay okay uh, but an excellent observation all the same I'll I'll, uh, I'll take your word for it, and I'll, I'll keep I'll keep an eye. We'll, we'll watch him closely. Uh, now look, he is talented. He's he's worth watching anyway. So um, we'll watch his career yeah. with great uh, interest, great trepidation. The uh, my last point, my last contribution to this week, is uh, going to poke some fun on the old Giants. Where is the needle on the Giants after their atrocious six quarters, followed by? You know, regardless, pretty impressive comeback by Daniel Dimes. Uh, look, pretty bad to get down 28-7 in the first place. But what do you make of, of their comeback? And wh- what is your 
where do you place them in the league? Are they still bottom quarter, middle third? I just don't know. Like, we would have always had fears. We would have had fears, as touched upon, that you you got an anomaly here at Daniel Jones last year. Um, I don't think he's been at fault, to be, if I'm being honest. Uh, he's not been the pick machine that he kind of had been in other years. I think defensively they are brutal. I think sides around them have got better. Particularly you look at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are, are much improved on last year. I, I'm concerned about Saquon. Uh, he's obviously out now injured and he picked up a knock yes uh, he'll certainly be out uh, I think they expect him to miss at least three games with some pretty tough mm. ones coming huge up, loss uh, 49ers next week well 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 not enough um, he's, he was he became one of the better paid running back extensions this summer um, oh yeah I've a I've a lot of concerns I don't see where the wins are going to come from. That being said, I didn't see where the wins were going to come from last year. Um, I would have a fear. They caught a lot of sides in the hop last year. I think they're not going to catch anyone on the hop this year. Everyone's kind of fully aware of what the Giants are and how they play football. And I probably think they're going to live to rue the extension of Daniel Jones because at best he's just going to be what Kirk Cousins is for the Minnesota Vikings. He's a good league average quarterback. He can put together runs, but ultimately he's never going to be the guy to get bring it to the bring it to that golden place. And you're paying him like he's the guy that's going to bring you to that golden place. And that limits your ability to pick up talent elsewhere. Or draft high enough to find the guy that's going to bring it to that. If that makes sense, so you're always yeah, kind of you're going to be middling, mired in mediocrity. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think we'll see uh, an improved Giants going forward. I, I never thought they were going to be Week One Giants the season through. Um, if I were to project, you know, their entire season, just on what my opinion of them now, I they they feel like a seven and nine. Uh, or seven and ten team, I should say, um, seven and ten, eight and nine, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, they've got a tough stretch to start the year. Um, as as I said, Forty ers next week. They've already lost their biggest playmaker in Saquon. Their O line. Mm. I think um, John Michael Schmitz, their center, rookie center. You know, had one of the best weeks out of all centers, which is good, which is promising. But their guards and Evan Neal at right tackle is is not so good. And as you say, the defense is struggling. I think um, a lot of criti- criticisms on Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, mm. And I know, I think uh, Trey Hawkins and Deontay Banks, their r- rookie corners as well, having a bit of struggle. Um. So, yeah, I agree. I think they're they're fortunate as well that other teams around the league have started or have struggled, sorry. Um and also, you know, whether the Giants came in on week one playing their best football, they were likely to go one and one in these first two games anyway. 
Um, and yeah. at the start of the year, everybody, you know, apart from the most blatant homers out there, most people would have had them going one and two with a loss to the Cowboys and the Niners. So they have these three games to, to really, well, the, this next game, to really try and get something going. It's just that they're not in the friendliest environment for trying to get things going. So, um, all isn't lost for them, but yeah, unfortunately, I don't think they're they're destined for anything great this year. I agree. I think yeah. I think I think they will struggle to match last year. Um, and I suppose the final point in this week's fourth and goal. So look, I think we've both been very, very, very impressed by him. But should we be concerned about Anthony Richardson's inability to avoid taking hits? Or should we put this down to youthful exuberance and potentially a bad O-line? Um, I would have slight concerns. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like When that's his game, you know, being that uh, big physical guy and he is taking those hits... Um, and it's not, uh, you know, they're, they're full speed, full contact hits. It's, again, people are probably sick of us bringing it back to the Eagles. But if you looked at Jalen Hurts last year, a lot of his hits, you know, he he was slowing down into the hits. You know, he, he dropped or slid before they happened or ran out of bounds or, you know, turned his, his body against them. There's not a lot of that from Anthony Richardson. Um, obviously, suffered a concussion it's hopefully not a, a severe one but it's it's something that he needs to learn just this early in the game already leaving as a result of his um just just wild and reckless nature it's something he needs to work on i think i mean like they've already they yeah, had to was... suffer andrew luck's early retirement uh, they must be having flashbacks albeit different different styles whatever I think your reference to Jalen Hurts is quite a good one um, I'll tell you why um, even with Jalen Hurts as you discussed kind of avoiding hits as such his is still a career that's that's destined to be six to eight years tops um, there's a shelf life on his playing style it's not Tom Brady-esque where you avoid contact you play into your forties. Jalen Hart's his ultimate career will, will last six to eight years. Um and his body will give out him. As strong and as fantastically prepared as he is. I don't see that length of time for Anthony Richardson. If he keeps going the way he is, look, it's two games in, incredibly small sample size. But the current Eagles O line and the Indianapolis Colts O line are two widely different things at present. And I think he needs to learn the value of self-protection until such a time as the Colts can rectify that for him. Yeah, um, that is a good point about the O-line because um, you even saw Shane Steichen calling one of those tush-push, fourth-and-short plays. Um, and I know it's not pass protection, but you saw that the O-line didn't get the same uh, push or penetration no. to convert that fourth down um, but it does translate in some ways to to the capabilities of their own line it's not the same unit 
um, and you know there are there's a lot of parallels between the offense he's calling now with Anthony Richardson and the offense he called last year with Jalen Hurts. Um, look, ultimately, his job is to isn't just to to put a a fine product on the field. It is to get the most out of Anthony Richardson, and you do that by not getting them killed. Now we're not blaming Steichen. A lot of it is style and technique. Um, and it, it does fall on Anthony Richardson. You would hope that if this isn't a severe concussion, that maybe this is not a blessing, but a wake-up call, a real harsh, mm. harsh message to Anthony, Tony, as I like to call him, um, just to, to sort that bit, bit of his game out. T. Rich. Yes. Correct. Um, yeah, well, look, hopefully, because I like what I've seen from him so far, so hopefully we get to see this fellow play for a I while. I think he's been the best rookie quarterback. Yeah, I think he's outplayed Bryce and CJ Stroud. Um, so, yeah, I hope we see plenty more of him. But look, people hate looking back. They love looking forward. So, why don't you get us started on the week three previews? <laughs> I will. Uh, Thursday night football, the Giants, as we forebode, uh, are traveling to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, tough game, 10-point favorites, the Niners are. Not much to say here. Some ugly three-quarters of the football, uh, three-quarters of the quarters we've seen the Giants play have been pretty disastrous. So it's hard to argue for them. So I'm going to take the Giant, uh, the Niners here. Okay, now I butchered that. Niners. Fair. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll join you on that one. Um, next up, first game from the early slate, the Colts make the tra- journey to be more. Um, look, it, it's it's hard to discuss this game and not talk about outs. I won't bore you with the Ravens because it goes on and on for. For years, but obviously Odell is out as well. Lamar is questionable. Anthony Richardson is out with that concussion. I think you gotta go Ravens in this one. They've not given us a reason not to support them. I'd say probably a nine to twelve point victory for the Ravens. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, it's it's gonna be tough to see how the uh, the offense evolves with you know J.K. Dobbins out. Obviously, Gus the bus. Looks good, and Justice Hill is a mm. nice number three. But we'll we'll have to see how they go. Um, I think I'd take the Colts plus eight points though. Mm. Um, the next game of the slate is the Titans are traveling to Cleveland. Um, the Cleveland Browns are favorites here, three point favorites. I think I'd side with the Titans here. Um. I hope that's not biased because I think I've arrived at the conclusion that the Titans might be my favorite AFC team. But I think the defense is good. What does scare me is Miles Garrett, you know, <laughs> up against Ryan Tannehill, who has not looked great so far. Um, if the Titans lose, I'd say Miles Garrett has some hand in it. But I will take the Titans plus three. Fair. Um, yeah, I wonder if that scoreline's updated on the back of the Chubb injury. Um, and obviously the shorts went on. Yeah, look, I, t- I tend to favour the Titans in this, but 
I would have called this game wildly differently if you'd asked me 24 hours ago. Prior to the Browns playing and obviously Chubb getting injured. I would have said, yeah, no, I'm probably going to back the Browns in that one. So don't want to be too reactionary to a good performance in the Titans this weekend and, and, and the bad performance in the Browns, whereas the opposite was true in week one. Um, happy to go with Titans, but I can see this going either way. Uh- yeah, um, one thing maybe what we should do is, because obviously whenever we talk about the Browns, we talk about Deshaun Watson. There are some really good players on um, on the Browns, obviously Miles Garrett, um, and obviously Nick Chubb, suffering that, that massive injury. David Njoku as well. There's plenty of, plenty of talented David Njoku, players. Um, Denzel point. Ward, uh, Zadarius Smith is there now. It is a good team all around the quarterback position, um, so they're they're certainly not, you know, completely derailed by this injury. It's just it's just awful to see, um, and and it was awful to watch. It was one of those injuries where you kind of had goosebumps listening to him, crying in agony. But um, I I think, yeah, I think I give this to the Titans. Fair. Um, moving on. This year, one well, so far a surprise package. Uh, the Falcons against the Lions in Detroit it strikes me as a bit of a get right game for the Detroit Lions. Um, but look, the Falcons in particular, Ritter, Bijan Robinson, Mac Hollins have all looked very promising. Um, key thing to watch out for, uh, the Lions have a fair few players who are questionable and that could really change this game around. So obviously David Montgomery is questionable. Amon St. Brown and Vitae as well is questionable. So if all three of them don't shoot up, I think could be looking at a train of Falcons. That's side. not to mention um, CJ Gardner, Gardner Johnson also tore his peck. So oh, he's yeah, out. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. done for the season, most likely. Yeah, good business. Um, yeah, it's a it's a tough L blow to the Lions. I think I probably would have had them overpowering the Falcons here, but as you say, kind of blows on on different levels up there. That side of the ball, I think the the Falcons are just solid everywhere. Like the defense is looking solid, as you say. Mm. B. John Robinson, uh, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. I know Drake London hasn't seen a ton of targets, but the talent is there. And it's also B. John Robinson versus Jameer Gibbs, you know, the sort of the the two top running backs drafted. Um, so we'll see how that shakes out. Obviously, Jameer Gibbs not getting the, the usage B. John is, but um, we'll see how it goes. I would take the Falcons here too. Okay. On the back of the injuries. Uh, the next game is the Saints traveling to Green Bay. Um, Green Bay are two point favorites. It's tough. I'd probably have these ranked pretty similarly in my mind power rankings. Um, I think the, the Saints defense is pretty good, and I think the pretty great, and I think that the Packers defense is pretty good. I'll go with the Packers here. Like I said, I'd have them placed similarly. I'm just gonna go with the home field advantage here. Um. Yeah, 
tend to agree. I think when, when sides like that are, I'd be similar enough, evenly matched. Home field advantage is kind of a great... It's an easy way out it is, for predictions. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, with home field it advantage. It's a cop Um, I won't waste a lot of time on this next one. I won't insult anyone's kind of confidence. I've spoken about how, how I think the Texans are improving. They're still not good enough to compete with the Jaguars. So, back in the Jaguars at home against the Texans. I don't think I need to say any more than that. Nope. Uh, and I'd agree with you. Um, similarly, this next fixture, less so, but similarly, is um, the Broncos at Miami Dolphins. Um, Dolphins are six and a half point favourites. I don't know why that spread is so short. Uh, like I think Miami can score on and anybody, I don't think the, the Denver's Broncos defense is as good as it was last year, so I'm going to take the Dolphins here. I think there's still a bit of Sean Payton bias there. Um, I think people expect him to start turning around. Yeah, look, around. it looks as if he's scraping the rust the off, but back. it's happening slowly. It's happening slowly, and look, part of me still thinks this is Russell Wilson's last year as a starter in the NFL. Um, he's 34, looking 39. Um, so, yeah. I, I tend to agree and I, I'm 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 high on the Dolphins I, I probably rate the Dolphins this year maybe it's because I sit beside a fellow and work as a Dolphins fan and he might have biased me but go bit. I'm uh, starting to go all in the I've Dolphins. got a I've got a betting slip here that they'd win the division made pre-season so I'm I'm big on the Dolphins now too Um yeah next up Chargers Vikings this is Huge for both sides. Obviously, both sides are... It's probably the... Arguably, in terms of talent alone, it's probably the best matchup of two 0-2 sides. Um, yeah, for sure. You could expect in week three. I, I would like to see the Chargers get the job done. I... Yeah, I, I'm going to back the Chargers in this... Uh, for no reason other than gut and the fact that Austin Eckler's probably back because he was close yeah it's it. their charges are only one point favourites here Um, I think too they will be fighting pretty tough to, to get their first win of the season as the Vikings will but I do think there's more talent on the Chargers so I'll agree with you next game Pats at New York Jets. The Jets are two and a half point home underdogs. Patriots favorite. Um, it's obviously that uh, Bill Belichick revenge bowl. You know, there's this one team he likes to beat. It is the Jets. Um, I'm kind of struggling with this one. I could see the Patriots, you know, sort of turtling and scoring points and and conserving their side of the ball and I could also see the Jets defense kind of frustrating Mac Jones it's certainly going to be a low scoring game yeah it's it screams 9-6 it has 9-6 energy it does um in which case I will take the Patriots minus the two and a half and they'll win by that field goal yeah 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 I I think the Patriots are deserving of a win. Uh, they've, they've quietly impressed me, or maybe I, I just had them ranked lower in my mind heading into the season. Um, moving on, Commanders have had a fantastic start to the season, but I think this is where 
They pick up their first loss. Uh, they face the Bills, and they do face them in Washington. Um, and several, Sam Howell has somewhat impressed me. I still think there's a there's a crashing to earth incoming soon. Not saying it's in this game, but I do think he's going to kind of level out soon enough. Um, for me, the Bills take this. Yep. Uh, obviously, Sam Howell had a lovely old throw to Scary Terry McLaurin. Um, but as you say, I need to see it go on for longer to to really cement him as a as a good starting quarterback. I'll take the Bills here. The Panthers then travel to Seattle. Um, I have the Panthers as six point underdogs, and Seahawks as as the six point favorites there. Um, yeah, I think we already kind of talked about it the the top of the show. Our concerns with the Panthers, so I'm going up to gun for the Seahawks here. Gino really turned it on last Bad. week as well, I think. Valid. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah, I agree. I'm. I'm not going to give you much argument for this next one either. Um. Cowboys Cardinals. Nothing more would satisfy me than shouting for the Cardinals, but I think this is a stretch. So Cowboys, likely by a big margin. It's a twelve point spread. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. is wide. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I tend yeah, to Cowboys. go with that. Uh, what if you thought twelve points was a wide point spread? Wait till you hear about um, <laughs> the Chicago Bears traveling to KC. Twelve and a half points. Um, apologies to Keith that I'm gonna hold this game in similar regard to the previous one, but yeah, it's it's the Chiefs here, I think. Fair. Um, yeah, yeah, there's no arguments here. Uh, and then I suppose Sunday night football, Steelers Raiders. Uh, I think you touched on it. The Raiders do look like one of the worst sides in the competition. Um, the Steelers, I suppose, didn't look fantastic no, against the 49ers. I'm, but I'm the thinking 49ers. now, the Steelers could have been an omission from the worst-looking teams, um, or the offense. The defense looked pretty lovely, but um, they looked okay last. Yeah, um, I think yes, you got to back the Steelers for this. I don't know what the spread is, but as two one-on-one teams go, I think there's a bit of a discrepancy in, in kind of what both sides have to offer. And I'd be back in the Steelers on this. And maybe that offense gets a roll. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. Um, Steelers are one and a half point underdogs. Um, but just the, the 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 Raiders getting blown out there just kind of really shook my confidence in any of their ability. Certainly to match up against good teams. Which the Steelers are not, but I'm still going to give them the edge in this um, second to last game we're going to touch on is the Eagles versus the Bucks. The Eagles are five and a half point favorites. Uh, again, I struggle with this one. I still don't really know what the Eagles' offense is. Um, I think there was three or four complete uh, incompletions, I should say, to AJ Brown that were hairs away from being completed, like the the no call pi. The catch, which looked like a catch, but on replay there was a bobble there. Um, certainly those two, anyway. Um, 
And I think if those catches were complete, his stat line would have looked far more impressive. Um, but I do think the Bucks also have a good defense. And and I'm just worried about the Eagles' defense and their their missing pieces from the the secondary. So it's tough to say now. We'll have to see the practice or the injury reports as they come on. But at the moment, I'm obviously going to take the Eagles to win. But I think the Bucks might keep this close, and I take them with the points. Okay. Uh, I'll show. I'll show for me Eagles. Find some cover spread. Um, okay, final one. A repeat of Super Bowl from two seasons ago. Um, I think I'm probably going to say a, a wildly different prediction than I would have had at the start yeah, of the season. I think so. A repeat but, of the Super Bowl. I, yeah, I think a repeat of the Super Bowl indeed. Uh, I think it's, it's screaming Rams unless... Joe Burrow is not questionable um, if he comes back healthy. And, and look, it, it could be a, a great get-right game for him, but I've been very impressed by the Rams as a whole. Puka Nuka has just been phenomenal to watch. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to back the Rams by about three points. Yeah, well, the spread is uh, two points. But the Rams are, are underdogs, so I would take the Rams here as well, I think. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of it does depend on Joe Burrow. I think, why play Joe when he's not likely to be 100% and, and risk aggravating him? So, I would, I'd be taking the Rams here. Yeah, fair. Um, well, look, that concludes Just about, does it? the week three previews so i think i'll keep it short and sweet and i'll say that's all from me <laughs> yeah me too that's all from me thank you and good night some people in the end zone right joe that's exactly right i mean get there's nobody there. inside the 10 get back guys. here it is the season's on the line two receivers left and right mccown takes the snap he steps up he's all by himself fires into the end zone caught touchdown no no the cardinals have knocked the vikings out of the playoffs